Hey, this is Jim. Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the necessity of being a part of a supporting community. You have to be a part of a supportive community if you're going to succeed and thrive long-term in business and in life. It's a necessity. It's a spiritual law. You can call it common sense. You can call it just the, the way we were designed biologically, if you'd like. I believe it's a spiritual law, and I believe it's very clearly spelled out biblically, but that's exactly what we need in order to thrive. It's how families are set up. It's how the most effective cultures and businesses are set up. Community is core. And I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit on some of the things that we do intentionally. Now, if you remember episode zero of this podcast, I talked about the proof, the evidence, the facts that we use as a foundation for this community, for everything that we teach, the way we run our business, the way we grow our team, the way we hire, the way we lead and educate others on these topics that you hear about around here. It's all based on a foundation of thousands of years of time-tested biblical principles that have led to repeatedly over and over and over again, undeniable evidence that those who embrace these principles succeed wildly above and beyond those who don't. And the evidence is undeniable. I'm not going to go into that. I've done that on occasions. Episode zero has more of those details. But if we're going to use that as our foundation and you're still with me, then here's five things that we do around here very specifically that mirror being an effective parent. And not that we see ourselves as the parents of the students in this community. That's not it at all. But if you're going to run a successful culture, if you're going to establish a set of norms that people can operate in and thrive within, it requires a certain type of leadership. There's five specific things that you have to do. And these aren't things that I made up. These are things that I learned through study. They're Hebrew biblical principles that apply to leadership. And it can apply to being a, a great mother or father, or it can apply to being a great leader and influencer in an organization. There's keys here that can be used across the board. I'll go through them. I'm going to put these in my own words, and these are topics that you can dig into. Specifically, uh, most recently, I saw them in Thou Shall Prosper. That's a book by Rabbi Daniel Lappin. And I'm on page, if you happen to grab that book, page 180 is where I grabbed this, talking about leadership, leading a family, leading a business, and how specifically we apply it to this community. Because one thing that's starting to happen, I'll let you in on a little secret, is I'm hearing from people like sponsors of our live events, for example. It's getting ridiculously difficult to get communities to gather online, in social groups, in Facebook groups, to be positive, to be encouraging. Those of you who are in our Facebook group, you know what I'm talking about. There's not a lot of places like that. It's getting even more difficult to get people to come to live events. I mean, never mind the live event, the proven conference that we have, hundreds of people coming from all over the world to the middle of nowhere in Illinois. 
people are scratching their heads going, you know, shouldn't we be on a beach somewhere? You know, wouldn't that attract more people? Well, this is where we're building our headquarters for various reasons. So we said, hey, let's have the event here and show off our new building. But it is kind of the middle of nowhere. And we've got hundreds of people coming from around the world and sponsors are making the observation. It's like, this is the strangest destination, but the most energetic and enthused audience of any of the events that we go to, because a lot of our sponsors, you know, they'll sponsor different events. And some of them, sure, you can go to events that'll have laser light shows and 80s bands and beach balls bouncing around in the crowd. And a lot of times it's thousands of dollars and hundreds of breakout sessions. And there's other great events out there. Don't get me wrong. But it's not a community that hangs out virtually together around the clock year round. That's what's rare you see a lot of handshakes at those events. You see a lot of people wandering around a little lost at those events. That's not the way it is at our event. We embrace in new people. We make them feel like they're part of the culture. We make them feel like they're part of the family. And it's a strong bond. It's almost a family feel. And an outsider looking in might say, man, that's kind of cool how that all happened. You know, that's kind of neat how these people all really like each other so much. That's kind of cool how everybody supports everybody. Well, I'm here to say that's not an accident. These things don't just kind of randomly happen because the right people kind of randomly stumbled into the same event one day. These things happen very intentionally. There's a reason we don't have problems getting people come to the middle of nowhere by the hundreds and buying our live stream video access and can't wait to be a part of our Facebook group and check in daily and see what's going on. They come there for support and encouragement and creative ideas. They know they can trust the leadership. They know they can trust their fellow members. Well, what goes into making that happen? Here's another little inside secret for you. We are being contacted frequently, and I could drop some names of celebrities that you'd recognize. You'd go, no way, that person's talking about you? Yeah, we've got some people talking about us because they're looking at us going, hey, how have you built a community like the one I just described, the one that you're a part of? How have you done that where hundreds or even thousands of people that have never met each other face-to-face have an affinity for each other? There's a common language almost. There's a common vibe. There's a culture of support and success and courage, positivity, abundance. How have you built a culture like that? There's organizations you got to realize, and those of you who've come from a corporate background, I'm sure you recognize this. There's businesses paying millions of dollars to consultants trying to generate the positivity of the culture that we have in a free Facebook group. So in case you found yourself thinking, well, that's just something they kind of stumbled into and yeah, they, they share a lot of positive and they probably just delete out anybody who's negative and that's what you're left with. No, it, it's full transparency. For those of you who are thinking we just delete out the negative, we've had a good handful of instances where somebody had less than a desirable outcome or result with one of our courses or products or coaching. And unless they're being completely unruly and and rude and uh, derogatory, we leave the post up. If someone says in a very polite way, ah, yeah, this wasn't quite what I expected. Was anyone else a little disappointed in their experience with X, Y, or Z? We leave it up. We discuss it. You can find the post. It's in our group. Inevitably, the support rolls in. There was a misunderstanding. There was a missed email. We tried to call them. We had the wrong phone number. Something happened. We straighten it out. We work it out. We work with them until they're happy. 
And inevitably, after hundreds or even thousands of people have seen the discussion and people are kind of waiting for the train wreck in some cases, anxiously seeing, is this the time when it all goes horribly wrong in the Facebook group? You know, one person can complain in front of 52,000 people. That's pretty powerful. But inevitably, it comes back around to where the person feels supported, feels loved. We've reached out to them. We've resolved their issue. There's a bunch of people pitching in with, hey, here's some helpful ideas. That certainly wasn't my experience. I loved that program. I loved that that event or that video. Maybe you didn't get the whole thing that I got. You know, here's some ideas. Call me sometime. Let's talk. You know, you see those kind of responses. And the culture does the work. The community does the work so that leadership doesn't have to swoop in like a superhero and save the day. That's been done intentionally. The community is the solution. You've heard me say before, possibly all of us are way smarter than any one of us to solve problems, to resolve issues. That's why we love a big open Facebook community, but it doesn't just happen that way. We hear all the time. I'll give you another example. Amazon has discussed this with us. We've had Amazon reps talk to us about this specific thing and make the observation. And, and it, it's obvious. It's like, not like it's some big secret, but if you go into the Amazon seller discussion forums, the ones that are hosted on Amazon servers by amazon.com, then you go in and start talking to other sellers about issues you're having, challenges and questions. You'll get belittled. They'll be made fun of. The negativity will be piled on and generous helpings you'll be depressed. You spend half an hour in there trying to resolve an issue and odds are you're going to walk away feeling defeated, depressed, beat up, or ignored. Not so in our group. And Amazon's asked us, how did you create that culture? And other big name celebrities and people who are trying to grow communities are asking, how did you develop that culture? And up until this podcast episode, I've never really revealed some of the secret sauce. You know, I've said we use biblical principles. I've given a few examples, but here I'm going to dig a little deeper and setting up, you know, there is a book, there is a course I'm working on. There's some ideas I'm kicking around. I'm going to see how this episode resonates with people, but I I might go deeper on these subjects of how we've been very intentional in developing a leadership culture where our community members feel very welcomed. They feel supported They feel like they belong because they do. They feel like they're loved because they are. And we've done that very intentionally. Well, let's talk about these five principles and I'll talk about them from this vantage point of first parenting and then the vantage point of effective business leadership, specifically applying it to leading online. And now why does this matter to you? Because what I hope this episode does, depending on where you're at, maybe you'll be encouraged to start your own community, your own culture. Maybe that's something you feel drawn to and you're trying to work on those skills. That's probably a minority of the listeners. I would probably say that most people that you right now listening to this, you're just saying, you know, what is it about this community? What's it based on? Where am I going? If I stick with these people, where exactly are they taking me? What's this journey we are on? Is it a little bit bigger than trying to put an extra 500 bucks a week in the bank? Is there something bigger than that going on? I would say, yes, there is. There's more value here than just helping you make sure your bills get paid. There's a lot more value here. That's just the first step into this incredible community. These relationships, the most valuable relationships you will ever have are those relationships that you form while building something incredible like a business together. Those are going to become your best friends in the world. 
It's going to change your family for generations, potentially. Okay, let's get into the five principles. And I'm going to put these in my own word. But first, you've got to create a group where people feel socially, culturally connected. You can't allow anyone to feel disconnected. And while I could give you several examples of that, the one that pops immediately to mind is if someone's new, this is built right into our the fabric of our culture. If someone is new and they ask a question that's been asked a thousand times before, we're not allowed to roll our eyes and go, please just do a search. Would you please just search? That question has come up a thousand times before, literally. Would you not ask that question today? This not it. You're not allowed to answer that way. You can certainly move on and ignore the question if you'd like, but if you're going to answer, if you're a leader, a moderator, you've got to answer thoroughly as if it's the first time it's ever been asked. And this is one of our best customers we're ever going to have. Even if they haven't spent a dime with us yet, you treat them as if they've spent thousands. You answer thoroughly. You give them a great answer. You help them discover what it is they need. You help them find out what it is they're not asking that they should be. You go deep. We've taught our whole community to answer that way, to respond that way, to actually care. If there's an answer to be found to the situation they're facing, we're going to help you. And that's free. That's our free Facebook group. That's the vibe. That's the culture. We want you to feel included. And that's one of many ways that we do this. Next, you have to interact with them in a clear way that communicates what's expected. So when you're, de- when you're having conversations in our Facebook community, for example, it's made pretty clear. You know, we're pretty blunt. If someone wants to spam, for example, if someone wants to come in and get it, you know, jump up on stage in front of the 52,000 members of our Facebook group and talk about their awesome new service or their tool or their book or their course that they're thinking about launching, or, hey, I've got a great Facebook group over here. Come on, join me over here, guys. We don't let just anyone take on the mantle of leadership just because they decided they want it. There's a path. So every time we're communicating, we're, we're instructing in our rules, we're saying, hey, there's a path to for us to validate your leadership. You're going to have to respect the platform. This isn't just for anybody to jump up and, and there's the spotlight. We actually have a rule. This isn't your chance to dance in the spotlight. That's one of our rules. That's how we worded it. That's very intentional. So in a family, you've got to do the same thing. You've got to communicate what's expected. Here's the lines for our family. You know, at dinner, you will behave this way. If you're going to be part of this family, if you're going to be part of this group, you know, we want you to be a part of it, but here's what's expected of you. It's not like we're going to throw you out, but we will raise you to the standard. So so with children, there's the standards, right? In a community, we have standards. And yeah, we show people the door here. That's the difference. In a family, you don't show people the door. You don't show your kids the door and kick them out. In our community, we do. We're protecting the culture. We've had a good number of people that felt like they were very wrongly treated and being asked to leave. But they insisted, for example, on using profanity. They thought it was ridiculous that we didn't allow profanity. And we explained our rules very clearly to them. Hey, we've got a lot of younger kids. We have people who consume our content with their kids right there. Facebook is open while a kid's on their lap. They like to participate in groups where profanity isn't part of what's going on. And we did a whole episode about profanity a while back. It's not professional. It, it detracts from the message you're trying to communicate, et cetera, et cetera. And we've had people argue back and forth. That's cool if you feel differently. We, we really don't mind. It's not that we're offended. It's just that's a standard we've drawn. A family draws standards. Our community has drawn standards. They're very clearly communicated. 
The next standard is, you know, if it's it's a family, you're obligated as parents to help them find a good mate, to help them marry properly. Well, what's that look like in a business setting? It's part of our mandate to ensure that they're never you're never lonely, right? What's that mean? You've heard us talk many, many times around here. Business is not to be conducted in isolation. Step away from the keyboard, build relationships, go to meetings, face-to-face local meetings. We've got our world map, which is maybe the first link that I'll stick in the show notes today. You've heard me mention it before possibly, but we've got a map of everybody voluntarily, of course, who's in our community, who wants to find out who else lives within a reasonable distance from them so they can get together, have coffee, talk about business, talk about what's working, what isn't working. We've had people form multi-million dollar deals out of these small meetups like that. That's why we have our live event get together. That's why if you come to one of our live events, you're going to notice we have a lot of time set aside for just hanging out. I do not believe in the model. I will not be a part of a model that says, okay, everybody shows up at nine in the morning. You sit in rows of chairs, you face the front, you listen to what the speaker's saying, you take good notes and you go home smarter than when you came. No, that's not good. You want to be interacting. You want to be talking. We, we call it our open conversation stations at our events. We encourage you, if you're an introvert, go up to people, ask them, how's your business going? Is there anything that you're challenged with right now? I'd love to hear the challenges you're facing. What's working well for you? We coach them on these questions. What are you working on? How can I help? We coach you. Those questions are very intentional because they start to develop relationships. It makes it about the other person. If you're going to raise your child to be a good potential spouse someday, you got to teach them marriage is about the other person. It's about serving the other person well. It's about putting someone else first. We teach the same thing in our community. If you're going to build a good business relationship, you go up to people and you don't say, hey, here's all the problems I'm trying to solve right now. Things really stink. Can you help me? That's not a great way to start a relationship. A great way to start a relationship is to say, hi, my name is Jim. I'd love to hear more about your business. What's working well for you? What challenges are you facing right now? What are you most excited about? What brings you to this event? You get the other person talking and then they flip back to you and you talk about yourself a little bit but it's always other-oriented back and forth. It's a beautiful thing, guaranteed to start a very great relationship. So you see how that rule works both ways. I'm kind of flying through these rules. I could give multiple more examples on each of them, but I'm pulling back the curtain just a little bit to see if this is a topic that resonates with you guys. So I don't want to make an hour and a half long episode today. I want to do half an hour, maybe a little bit more on this topic and just see if these topics resonate with you and see what kind of feedback we get. This may be something that interests you, or maybe you're content just to let us keep working on the secret sauce that makes this community so incredible, this culture so attractive and dynamic, and you just want to keep enjoying being a part of it and kind of absorbing the lessons just by being close to them versus hearing me dig deep on them. Maybe you're bored by this. I find it fascinating. And we've been, like I said, very intentional in applying these lessons to this community. That's why it's so dynamic and powerful. Next, you have to teach. If you're a parent, you help your children find an occupation, a way that they can be of use to their fellow man, a way that they can make a living. That's on you. Some people think that it's up to the education system to teach your kids that. No. From a biblical foundation, from an ancient Jewish Hebrew 
the most successful people group when it comes to money and finances of all time, it's on the parents. Now, you may enhance that training by sending your kids to a school, many great schools out there, and maybe you're doing that, maybe that's your plan. My wife and I, we homeschooled our kids. Many listeners to this podcast choose to homeschool. I'm not talking about whether you choose to homeschool or not. I'm talking about whose responsibility is it to make sure that the child is able to serve others well. Part of that, yes, is a good basic education, but a lot of it's a heart issue. That's on the parents. Every parent out there is a homeschool parent. You've heard me mention that before. Some may say, well, no, no, Jim, I I don't homeschool. I send my kid to a building. Well, yeah, but you're still responsible for the education. So you are the homeschools. You are in charge of their schooling. You are in charge of their education. How you choose to do it, that can vary. But ultimately, it's on you. Okay, so what's that have to do with the business community? What's that have to do with how we handle things around here as a leadership team? Ultimately, the ideas, the principles, you know that word proven? You see that a lot around here, don't you? Proven. That didn't just happen by accident. If you're going to teach your kids stuff that actually works in the real world, where they can actually go out and serve others well, I would encourage you, you don't necessarily want to teach them how to study 17th century poetry and its effect on, you know, whatever. (laughs) Maybe as a great hobby, but as a major study... And there's all kinds of other studies, and I'm not going to try to create a bunch of controversy by listing them out, but there's a lot of stuff you can study in college that may sound exciting, and maybe it's passionate, and maybe people yell about it in the news, but it's not a way to serve your fellow man effectively. In other words, it's not going to put any money in the bank to take those skills into the real world. There's nobody eagerly waiting to pay you because you're good at what you just learned in a lot of these courses and content in colleges or online. There's a lot of time you can waste. How about instead we look at proven principles? What's our definition of proven? Well, it means that people are willing to pay. Once you put these skills into practice, you're going to have people willing to pay for the things you're going to be able to do. Proven ideas. Proven. Remember, money to us is just proof that you served someone well. That's all money is. It's a certificate of gratitude. It's a certificate of appreciation. Or you could look at it as a certificate of performance. That's all money is. So where's the proof? Well, the proof is, is someone willing to pay. So we only teach concepts that take you down the path of transactions where the customer is happy. And remember, my definition of a good transaction is one where the customer looks back five years later and thinks to themselves, that was money well spent. Those are the best transactions where even when people look back in retrospect, there's no regret for the transaction because it's led to a relationship. That's the proven strategies we teach around here. So if you're going to educate your child, they're going to need to know how to do that in some capacity, how to serve their fellow man in a way that creates value to where they're given certificates of appreciation for the skill that they take into the marketplace. Same thing we do around here, proven concepts. It's got to be something where people are going to be willing to pay you. Otherwise, we're not going to teach you. We're here to enhance your income. That's the reason this whole organization exists. Yes, it gives you a sense of community. Yes, some great relationships. But the foundation, if we lose that foundation of teaching you how to put more money in your pocket by providing valuable services, the whole thing falls apart. It's not just a social club. 
Those are easy to find, but you're not going to build the kind of relationships that you get to build around here in a social club. The TV show Friends lied to us. This is a lesson from my friend Daniel Lappin. He pointed this out one time, and I love this example. The TV show Friends, which is still wildly popular, taught us that the best friends you will ever have are those people that you can forget about business, forget about work, just kind of talk about events and news of the day and who's dating who and have a few drinks and goof off a little bit. Those are the best friends you'll ever have. No, that's just not true. That's not how the real world works. The best friends you will ever have are people that you're building something significant with. There's no greater rush than building a system that serves tens or hundreds of thousands of people well, and now they're paying you and you built this together. The only thing I can think of that's even more satisfying and more, brings more joy and brings more connection between two individuals is the very creative process that God put in place when a man and a wife create a child. That certainly trumps the experience of creating a successful business, but it's in that same creative vein. And this isn't gym concepts. These are ancient, biblical, and Hebrew truths, timeless truths worked for thousands of years. Business is a great foundation for incredible relationships because there's creativity. Two people come together, create, do something amazing. Business is never done alone. We've already covered that. So the people that you're doing this business, this creation with, those become your closest relationships. That's built into our culture. That's where the magic is happens. That's the secret sauce. I'm revealing it here. I'm not going super deep on any of these. Again, I could give you probably five or 10 or more examples on each point, but we're working our way through. So that was number four. If you're a parent, you got to teach your kid an occupation. If you're going to lead a community, you got to make sure people are being equipped with proven strategies that actually work in the real world. And the fifth one is going to crack you up. And you probably could think for half an hour, and maybe I would challenge you, pause this and see if, see if you can think of that fifth obligation that you have. You know, Biblically, if you're a father, you've got this obligation. If you're a parent, you've got this, this fifth obligation. And as a business leader, you've got this obligation as well. And I've seen it demonstrated by a few other leading, I, I guess I would say influencers. I saw it demonstrated. I see places where it's not demonstrated and I see places where it is demonstrated. I've and naturally, we all gravitate to places where this final, let's say, character trait is demonstrated very, very clearly. And for those of you who want to pause and try to think of it yourself, now's the time to pause because I'm about to give it away. The fifth one is, if you're a parent, well, let me just go here. What percentage of the planet is covered in water? That's a weird question to ask, isn't it? What percentage of the planet? And I find it fascinating that it's the same percentage that the human body is water. It's about 70%, if I recall. I could be off a little bit, but it's, it's more than two-thirds. Water. Isn't that incredible? So more than two-thirds of this planet could kill you in about two minutes, unless you know how to swim. So yes, the fifth ancient Hebrew biblical truth about effective parenting and running an effective community is teach them to swim. Well, as parents, we know what that means. You know, it's like, okay, we, we want our kid to be capable of accidentally falling off a boat and treading water for a significant amount of time if necessary in order to survive. 
that makes sense. Well, behind that physical, spiritual law of the way the world works, there's a business law too. Are you connecting the dot yet? How do we teach people to swim here? Think about it for a moment. This is another place to pause. How have we set this podcast up from the very beginning? Think about if you've read the book, Silent Sales Machine, teaching you to swim. What in the world does that have to do with business training? Well, how about you think through with me for just a moment, probably the strongest premise of the Silent Sales Machine book. And I'll talk it through and the light bulb will come on if it hasn't already as I talk through this example. One of the things I point out in the Silent Sales Machine book is the fact that if you're going to build a business using the internet, as beautiful as it is, getting to work from home, using the internet to grow a business from anywhere in the world, the fact that you're going to have the ability to have multiple customers instead of just one customer giving you a paycheck at a job. Because yes, if you have a job where you work for someone else, you have one customer. That's the person who gives you the paycheck. And you're serving that person's multiple customers. So if you're a cashier, for example, the people giving you money that you stick into the cash register, those aren't your customers. Those are the customer of your one customer who gives you the paycheck. So you can have one customer or you can have multiple customers. If you're going to choose to have multiple customers and use the internet as the tool to do that, you're going to be subjecting yourself to the likes of Facebook, PayPal, eBay, Google, YouTube, Amazon, the big boys, the big boys who don't necessarily care about you. Now, yes, they care about the masses. They care about the millions, but they don't necessarily care about you. It's not a whole lot of pain for them to hit the delete button and cause your business to really suffer. If we're going to be honest, now the odds of it happening are slim. The odds of it happening across multiple different platforms simultaneously is very slim, fortunately, which is why one of the things we talk about is multiple income streams. I mean, the name of our annual event, do you remember the name? CES, three different business models that complement each other, multiple streams. We're teaching you to swim in multiple streams. It doesn't matter if you're thrown in a cold lake or you're thrown in a lukewarm lake, if you're thrown in a swimming pool, if you dive off the high dive, you're ready for different scenarios. You can swim in all these different waters. You've established different streams of income for different scenarios. Now, you don't start there. And you certainly don't want to run around with your hair on fire trying to establish multiple income streams day one or even year one. You want to bolt them down one at a time. But if you follow the path that we've laid out for you, the path that thousands of others have laid down, it's not easy, but necessarily but you can have all three business models in various degrees up and running and operating and managing them, managing a team, working with us. You know, we're a strong, stable stream that you can certainly tie yourself to. We're rolling out ideas all the time and we have over a thousand people at this point with many, many more opportunities coming where I, we envision tens of thousands of people being able to grow this business with us as yet another stream. So to be very specific, you know, when I, when we report our income to our accountant and we count through the stream, there's a few dozen different income streams. And I'll just, let me just brainstorm through and I'll give you an example because I believe we need to lead by example. So yeah, we have multiple income streams. We sell physical product. 
across multiple platforms. We have coaching, we have courses, we have this podcast where in the past we've had people advertise and we're, we're in the process of selecting more advertisers. I speak, I get paid to speak. Books, paid Facebook groups, membership groups, right? You're starting to connect the dots. These are all different income streams. We've got multiple partners that we've created products and courses and content with, people whose names you've never heard. I've mentioned recently that there's pretty big names, celebrities' names that you'd recognize. I mentioned earlier in this episode that are looking to partner with us because we know how to do these things that I'm describing. We've been doing them well for 17 years now and we're getting noticed. And they're saying, hey, would you do this for my community? Would you help us grow that for our community? So we're getting paid as a consultant, right? We have brands that pay us to help them consult and to, to put them out there. We've formed incredible partnerships with some of the students that have come through our coaching program, Jim Cochran Coaching. Some of those students are really sharp. They're, a lot of our students are way smarter than we are, and we admit it from day one. We're good at what we do, but whoa, we've got some just genius level business thinkers who need our help, but then they end up partnering with us and we have a percent share in their business, right? So all these streams, that didn't happen overnight. It's taken some time, but I would say, on an average quarter, we add three or four new streams and maybe lose one that kind of fades away. Isn't that just a beautiful illustration of what it's like to learn to swim, right? Let's think of this thing from the parenting model again. Let's think from the obligation you have as a parent. How much more beautiful would it be to equip your child so that no matter what the economy does, no matter what trends come and go, they're able to find a way to create value in multiple different arenas. Not just get a job, but create value in multiple different arenas. What kind of security does that create? That's teaching them to swim. Wouldn't you agree? That's what we love to do around here too. That's the premise of the Silent Sales Machine book. Let's teach you to swim. Let's not teach you to find a job. The skills needed to find a job are get good grades, Stay in school, don't drop out. Get good grades on the test. Memorize the facts, you'll forget them all later, but that's okay, no one cares. Get all, stuff your head full of all this just in case you need it someday information, pass the test. Build as good a resume as you can and get the best job you can. I would argue that's teaching, you know, that's valuable. Our economy relies on people who have those types of skills and some, some valuable positions. I think that's kind of teaching someone to, to doggy paddle in place. Teaching them to swim is saying, hey, even if the waves get high, even if it's inconvenient, even if you get woke up in the middle of the night, dropped into a pond, you didn't see it coming at all, you're hit with a tidal wave, you can tread water for a long time because you've put some things in place to help you get through those times. What's one of the best things you can have? in place to get through those times. We've well, heard me talk about the 3 a.m. list, all those people that you can call at three in the morning that can help you through a rough time. Man, I've had to use it a few times. I've got a lot of people in my life who've had to use it. Fact is, I think we're all gonna have to use it at one time or another, maybe multiple times, but you don't have a list of people that you can call and rely on unless you're a part of a community and you're building those relationships. So when times are good, you're building relationships. You're building stuff together. So when times are rough, you got someone you can call. So you know what? I, I need some help. I need to be bailed out. And that's what it looks like to teach someone to swim. Quite a contrast, isn't it? 
from teaching someone to get a job to teaching someone to actually swim and thrive, multiple income streams. Now, I'm not beating anybody up today. I'm just saying, as I look through these ancient, time-tested, Hebrew, biblical truths and apply them to parenting and apply them to building a community, these are the kind of thoughts I have. These are the kind of foundations that we've built this community on. And hopefully, something that I've said today really helped you and stuck with you and changes the way that you think about business, maybe even changes the way you think about family, hopefully changes the way you see this community. And hopefully you feel like you trust us more than you did. When I say us, I'm talking about the team. There's about 120 of us, if you add it all up. I'm talking about our our coaches, our moderators, our support staff and team, you know, all the people that come and help run our excellent events, even our virtual assistants, they have to have a, a giving servant's heart. They have to serve with excellence, consistency. That's required. It's a mandate around here. And our core team, we see this as ministry. We're about changing lives. It's not just about helping you make more money. We want to teach you how to swim. We want to help make sure that when life gets hard, you've got people around you that care. Those are very important things to us. The spiritual side of this, we take very, very seriously. Well, I'm going to wrap this up because I think I gave you enough for you to decide if this is a topic that's of interest to you or not. And I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love to to, uh, know if if you feel like the curtain got pulled back a little bit, if you want more detail on this sort of thing. And uh, I think I'll leave it right there. And I'm just going to see what kind of feedback we get. This will either be a wildly popular episode or it could be one that falls flat. The numbers will tell us the story as they always do around here, which is another, by the way, a little tip for you. The numbers tell a story. Your gut feeling, your your instincts about, well, I just feel really good about it. No one cares how you feel about it. The numbers will tell the story. In business, the numbers tell the story. If you don't know the numbers, don't be telling the story because you don't know the story yet until you know the numbers. No one cares about your story. Your business story until you know the numbers. Numbers drive everything around here. That's you voting. That's you saying, yeah, I love this episode. That's you sharing it with someone else. That's you giving this feedback. The ball is in your court. Tell me how I can serve you better. Hey, God bless you, business building warrior. This was a fun episode for me, as they all are. I mean, how great is it to be able to talk about what you love and believe, the community that you love, the people you serve, hanging out with them, doing interviews. I get to do that for a living. Thank you for making that possible. And all you have to do to to help and support this is spread the word. Send people to silentgym.com. Tell them to go check out the podcast. And if someone says, oh, I've never listened to a podcast before, say, download an app. There's a thousand free apps online that can help you listen. You've got to start listening to podcasts. Turn off the music. Turn off Netflix. Check out a few podcasts. Here's a good one. Start with silentgym.com. Hey, God bless you, business building warrior. We'll have another episode for you again real soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.